We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded and produced, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded and this area's original name was Nam. We pay respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Damn! We're in a tight spot! Welcome to Music Town. May I service you? Great Scott! It will never be enough! I only want to hear you, you ding dong! Ah, as if! Dignity. Always dignity. You're listening to You Watched What? I'm Kate. And I'm Amy. This week, we watched Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. It is described by Wikipedia as romantic musical fantasy comedy film, which now that's a lot of genres. Yeah. Yeah. No, it no. does fit all of them. It I does. was about to say all oh, fantasy, but no, no, it does. It really does. How are you, Amy? I'm okay, Kate. Yes. Good. I'm good. plodding along okay. Nice. I'd like to tell myself that anyway. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> good. What have you been watching? This week I um, kind of got stuck into watching a few, I guess, psychological murder mystery thriller kind mm-hmm. of oh, I don't even know if that's the right way to describe it anyway what happened a few weeks ago was I was listening to my favorite murder mm-hmm. which most people who are podcast listeners yeah would know of it's one of the big ones um and Georgia was doing a story called the the grinder murderer or the something like that yeah And in their conversation, Karen, the other host, said, oh, what does this guy, Stephen Port, who Mm -hmm. was the murderer, what does he look like? And Georgia said, oh, there's a great BBC show, Four Lives, and he's played by Stephen Merchant and it's pretty much spot on. And so I went, oh, and so I instantly Googled where I could watch this. Yeah. But I was like a week early for it to be aired in Australia. Okay. So it is now, I think it's a three-parter. I think all three parts are up on SBS now. Fantastic. Because I, I haven't had a chance to watch the third part yet because it would have just come out like Thursday, I think. But I've watched the first two parts. So while I was watching the first episode, I was watching – one of the leads, who is the mother of one of the young men who have been murdered by this atrocious, like this awful person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I th- wasn't really thinking too much. So I didn't think she was familiar or anything. But then there was a scene where she was getting into a car and she turned her face a certain way. And I went, my God, she looks like Smithy's sister from Gavin and <laughs> Stacey. And I was like, no. Can't be because she's so different now. She's got completely different hair. She's playing a mum. Mm. She, like Sheridan Smith, the actress, is only my age. She's like born in 81. Oh, yeah. And so. she's playing an older character because she's – or maybe not that much older, but she's got a son in his early 20s that has been murdered. Okay, yeah. So 
So she's possible, I guess. Possible, but it feels like she's playing someone yeah, older but than she's she older, actually is. And you know, she's aged like we all have, and she's she just doesn't look the same. But, but I did Google, and it is her. And then I was like, nice. oh my god, it is her. Wow. So anyway, I finished by the next week. I watched the second episode and we're in the middle of school holidays and my kids were down in their rooms doing their own thing. And I'm still quite in the midst of COVID recovery. I can't really be doing too much. I went to the shops one day, guys, and it was just a nightmare the next (laughs) day. So um, I'm still pretty much just sit on the couch when I'm not working. Yeah, fair. So I was like, well, what can I watch now? And I was crocheting. And I know this is a long story to get to where I'm going, but just bear with me. Um, I'm crocheting. So I'm looking through SBS because that's where I was on. Mm-hmm. And, and they I'm have like, a lot of good stuff. I know. And I'm like, and I want more kind of – I'm in the crime mode and mood now. Yeah. So I was looking. But it was all like Norwegian and um, Welsh. And I was like, love them. Do a great job. Not in but the I'm, mood for subtitles. I'm crocheting, like I, and I'm not one of these knitters or crocheters that can just watch the TV while I'm doing it. Like I have to look at yeah what my hands are doing. I think that's fair. It's very hard <laughs> to do a craft and watch subtitles at the same time. Yeah, so like I was that's just like, a big ask. I can't do that. So I was like, right, next option on the list because I've gone through all the Netflix ones and I've gone through all of those ones. So there was nothing really new. So... I was like, next on the list from SBS would be ABC. So I mm-hmm. go to the ABC because I'm like, I haven't really looked on there for a little while. And I was even in the the frame of mind of like, I'll put Vera on or I'll put Father Brown on or something like that. Yep. And I was scrolling through and I saw Sheridan Smith's face. <gasps> Again? Yes. And I went, oh, and it was one called The Teacher. So I was like, okay. And I clicked on it and it's come out in... 22, so this year. So recent. So it's recent. It's a six-parter, I think. So I binged it that afternoon. It was really good. So basically the premise is she's a teacher. She's a bit of a mess. She looks more like the Smithy that we remember. Okay, yeah. Um, She's a bit of a mess. She's a bit of a drunk. She goes out one night. She gets a promotion, so she goes out to celebrate. Mm-hmm. One of her students is in the club. Oh, no. And then on the Monday morning, it's come out that she's had sex with her student. Oh, no. She has no memory oh, of this. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no is the big. So then we go on a big spiral up and down of did she do it, didn't she do it. Um, it's really good. So that's on ABC iView, The Teacher with Sheridan Smith. Really recommend that one if you're into that kind of thing. Cool. So from there, then I was like, wow, what do I watch now? Because remember, I'm just sitting on the couch for days. Um, Yeah, yeah. I started watching one called, oh, I think it's called Smother. It's on the ABC as well. Not as great. I got through the first season. There's two seasons on there at the moment. Um, I got through the first season, but it was a bit, yeah. But that's that's mm-hmm. not a bad one. It's Irish, so that was quite good too. Yeah, name is ringing a bell. It's I've um, it. I can't yeah. remember the, the name of the the lead actress, but she was in Ballykiss Angel from Dirt years Lacan. ago. Yes, didn't even have to look it up. Yeah, all up there. So, and I really like her. Yeah. So, her husband's been killed, and it's a bit of a who 
did it. Everyone's Sorry, got for a, a second I was like, oh, Rupert Penrick Jones has been killed? But no, that's no, no, her no. real life husband, not her TV Just her TV husband. husband. That's okay Who then. seems pretty awful and everyone seems to have a motive. And I do I, love that in a in a murder mystery where yeah. you kind of like it's a little bit ugh, slow. I don't though. feel terrible that that person died. So we've gotten through the first season and um, we still don't really know. Oh, and I've got to kind of I've got to sit down again. I do want to kind of follow it up, but it didn't grab me to like oh my god the next day. I've got to see what's going on. Yeah, but that's what I've been watching. Oh, and <laughs> I did watch the um, John Wayne Gacy tapes on netflix as well which was quite interesting so yeah a big murder buff week yeah you really or a couple of weeks for me um watching really got into it there yeah it was hard work for my brain i can't really remember much of anything at the moment (laughs) so it was quite taxing (laughs) for me to have to watch these murder mystery shows but Mm -hmm. mm -hmm, yeah awesome (laughs) i I'm still watching Moon Knight, which I think is a six-part series and so five have come out. So okay, yep. next week is the finale. Look, I do recommend. I am really liking it. It feels quite different from a lot of the Marvel stuff where it is just the plot is wild mm-hmm. and the performances are really, really good. And, yeah, huge Oscar Isaac fan. We're getting a lot of Oscar Isaac getting to really do some – cool meaty dramatic acting yeah. and also some kind of slapsticky stuff it's good so moonlight moon, moon night moon night so Which i is, saw it's on disney plus isn't yes, it, it is so i did plus. see a thing for that the other day mm. but from the cover it looked like it was an animation oh yeah it's not animated that's interesting yeah it's um i mean maybe there's quite a bit of cg in it okay but it is live action Okay, interesting. Because yeah. I did see the cover and I thought, oh, that looks like, like, like something that the girls would be into. Yeah. It's probably, probably a bit too violent. If it was cartoon rated violence, out. Okay. it'd probably be okay. And it is Marvel pretty bloodless violence, but uh-huh. it is. And also the main character has dissociative identity disorder, so it might be sort of a, a little uh, bit adult okay. themes. Yeah. Yeah. But I reckon Sean would like it. Oh, he's probably already he's probably already, already watching it. it. Yeah. And I started Severance, which is on Apple. Okay, yeah. For some reason, I've still got. Oh, I've heard a lot of people. I, I don't know anything yeah. about it, but I have heard a lot of people mention like that they're watching it or. Mm. And it is something that I'll I'll give a very brief overview. And I think if you got too much into it, you would get into spoiler territory. Everyone I know who's seen it has just been like, yeah, that was really good. And they won't say anything. I don't want to uh, tell you too much. Okay. The, so it stars Adam Scott, who has done lots Ooh, of comedy. We like him. We do yeah, like him. He's like done lots him. of comedy. But it's quite a dramatic role. He's working for a pharmaceutical company and he is in a severed role, a role where you have agreed to have a permanent brain procedure that separates your work memories from your normal life. So when you get in the elevator to go into the office... Oh, so you can't go... There's no risk of you going home and... You don't know what you do at work. Saying... Yeah, you literally don't know. So you go into the office and you basically have become two people. The person in the office never it's leaves a bit the total office. Total Recall, isn't Very it? Very science fiction. Total Recall. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an amazing high concept. Oh, that's a good sci-fi concept. idea. Yeah. And an incredible cast. And so I, I think I don't Who even else know how many. It? John Turturro. 
Ooh. Christopher Walken. Oh, okay. Is Patricia he full, Arquette. Is he full Walken he in it? He is not full Walken oh. in it. I've only seen one episode that he's been in so far. Okay. No, he's very subdued. I love that you can say, is he full Walken yeah, in everyone, it? And everyone knows. We know what that means. We know what that means. He's, no, it's – um. And I haven't seen John DiGiro in anything for a bit. Like, he's mm. been working. I just haven't been watching a lot of his uh, output. And it's, it was very exciting to have him pop up. Interesting. So, and we'll finish it hopefully over the next week or so. It's But, yeah, the first couple of episodes really did grab me. It's really good. Amazing credit sequence and really great music. It's okay. directed by Ben Stiller. Oh. Well, talking of Ben Stiller. Ah. Last weekend... I was lucky enough to palm off my youngest child to you, Kate, for mm-hmm. the night. <laughs> you did. I had. We had a delightful time. I mean, I feel a little odd speaking for her, but pretty sure she did. Yeah, she loved it. She loved her life. Um, but that night, because I had the older two, I was like, I'm going to treat them to being able to watch something a little bit older. Something that maybe you wouldn't put on if the seven-year-old yeah, was Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, going through and we're looking and there was a few options and then – um, we came across Zoolander and I was like, right, girls, I think it's time. I think it is time for your Zoolander education. <laughs> and so we watched Zoolander and they were at the perfect age. I didn't realise that it's actually rated PG. So my kids, which I don't think it's always been rated PG. No, I looked it up because we had this conversation yeah. and it was initially rated M uh-huh. and then on home video release was rated down. I don't know if they okay. cut anything. Maybe. Or if they just uh, did a reassessment. Interesting. Yeah. When I watched it, I can see why it was PG. Nothing. It's pretty benign. It's it's themes and suggestions. And there's not a lot of swearing or anything. I don't even think there is. Well, not that I can remember. And, and I think the Australian rating on swearing is a little yeah, a well, little more relaxed than the US. Australian kids hear a lot of swearing in their houses. so <laughs> True. It's usually, usually true. Um. <laughs> But, yeah, they loved it. Awesome. It was really good. They were at really good ages. A few of the great comments were so Isla kind of was watching it. He's my eldest and she's watching it. And, you know, she's got it. She's one of these kids that she's kind of got to know what's happening. So she's trying to work out the premise. Yeah. And she's a real writer herself. Like her writing is ridiculous. She's become very good at she'll analyse the story and so she wants to – yeah, she's yeah, trying so to she work knows, out where it's going from she a story knows, right, So there's, there's got to be the problem and we've got to solve the problem mm. and so we've got to work out what's happening. So she's watching this and they work out pretty fast that he's Derek is really stupid. But he's really, 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 really good looking. He's really, really ridiculously good looking. Yeah, so it's um, So her kind of thing was like – so in her head she's like, right – so the problem must be that he's really stupid. So she's yes. like, oh. Yes. So in the end, he, he becomes smart. Like she feels that she feels like the whole movie was going to be around. Like, okay, he's really stupid. She's met, he's met this uh, writer. She's going to help him become intelligent. And that is an amazing, <laughs> like that is what it, what it seems like is going to happen. That makes sense. So I had to turn to From her and go. From a narrative perspective, oh. that would be sensible. No, honey, he doesn't get any smart. Yeah, exactly. It is not what happens. But from a narrative analysis perspective, that makes a hundred percent sense. Yeah, but they but no, that's not what happened. They loved it. They got they got most that, of yeah. the jokes. Um 
there were lots of laughs throughout and they Good. really enjoyed it at the end. So it's it held up really, really well. And I hadn't seen it in a long time and wet myself laughing Good. all over again. So, yeah, it was great. So Good. I'm pretty pretty happy that they got to see Zoolander. Oh, nice. I haven't seen it in ages. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Like I said, it holds up. It's pretty Good. funny. Good, good. Heidi loved the part where um, Ben Stiller's dad, who um, plays like his manager in the, the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, Jerry Stiller. Yeah. yeah. Um, he like screams, tushy, squeeze, and oh, grabs God, one so of the um, <laughs> model's Just grabs a model. And, yeah. and Heidi was like, oh. Can't do that. Oh. I mean, she's right. Yeah, she's right. But that is exactly what happened in model agencies. Oh, probably still does. Yeah, probably. <laughs> awesome. Just not in, in such a fun Jerry, I nearly called him Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> I was getting Jerry Stiller kind of way. Yeah. He was a great comic actor, though. Cool. Are we ready? We're ready. Let's do it. Da, 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 da. This is where a quote will go. But that's what he says. Ba, ba, da, ba, ba, da, ba. <laughs> that's what he says. That is in, what he says. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's where that kind of doing that noise has come into my, like that came into my vocabulary from multiple watchings of Zoolander. Yeah. It's just there now. <laughs> what are you doing? I just want my ding dong to look bigger than what is really there. Smart. Yeah. yeah. This week's movie is Fire Saga, or the full title, Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, which was written by Will Ferrell and Andrew Steele, directed by David Dobkin, came out in 2020, mm-hmm. which will herefore be known as the year that we didn't have a Eurovision because yeah. of the pandemic. It's like serendipitous, really, that this movie came out at the time where yeah. there couldn't be a Eurovision. I think it was bad for the movie and promotion because it was supposed to come out yeah. in in the May of 2020 when uh, we were supposed to have a Eurovision in the Netherlands and then there wasn't one, so it just it came out on Netflix. I think bad for the movie, good for the Eurovision fans who were being, you know, denied a Eurovision by a stupid pandemic. Mm. Uh, of course, like, completely agree with the decision not to have it. They did the right thing. It was just sad to not be able to have a Eurovision. Yeah. And this filled that little void um, in my life that year. Mm-hmm. It felt a little bit like we did get a Eurovision. So I loved it. It reviewed pretty badly, pretty averagely. But I think that's because most movie reviewers are not Eurovision people. I think the feedback from or people have who... have taste. Well, but look, let's face yeah. it. Movie reviewers... Maybe aren't really – they're not the common man kind of no, um, person, are they? Generally not. And and it's ha- not highbrow entertainment, let's face oh, it. Oh, God, no, no. And that's not what I'm looking for in no. my Eurovision comedy. I don't want a comedy starring Will Ferrell mm. that then is actually a highbrow analysis of the experience of Eurovision. I've just I made jokes. a connection. I think that – Heidi, my middle child, yeah. I think Will Ferrell is her genre because she, the other night, we're talking about Zoolander just before, the other night she wanted to re-watch um, Blades of Glory. Oh. She loves Blades of Glory, yeah. which is actually much more inappropriate than Zoolander. I don't know why I was holding off on Zoolander when I let them watch Blades of Glory. but um, Because of the audience. That they don't really show anything Maybe. of. It just feels more suggestive. He goes to a bloody sex rehab in um, Place of Glory, though. So, okay, yeah. 
And also in this movie, look, Will Ferrell, sex positive. Yeah. So Definitely. She wanted to watch that then, but then we watched Zoolander and then she wanted to watch. What, what did she want to watch after? Oh, this movie. Oh, this movie. This. <laughs> she wanted to watch. I was going to cut all of that out, but maybe I won't now. She wanted to watch Eurovision afterwards, but we chose Clueless instead. See, this is co- this is this is full COVID brain fog that I couldn't even remember the name of the movie. Like this, my story was going in that she wanted to watch this movie after, and I forgot. Do you want a clean take, or do you want me to just leave all no, that in? No, just use that. Okay, cool. <laughs> oh, Amy. The brain fog is real, though, isn't the it? The brain fro- frog. The, the brain. We'll just call it that from The now. frog and toad is real in my brain right now. Okay, but so we've learned a lot through the making of this podcast, and the two main things are your jungle movies and she's Will Ferrell movies. Yeah, wait till she. I let her watch Anchorman. She has to hold – Should oh, she should hold off watching Anchorman. It's too much. That's too much. There's too many vagina jokes. There's Although, a lot of vagina jokes. But it's got um, – Josh from Clueless. I know. They're our favourites. Yeah. Will and Paul, yeah. our favourites in this house. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway. So I learned a few things doing a little – I did a little bit of research on, on this movie. Oh, so you know how to do your movie, don't you? <laughs> like me. I am the slick operator of the podcast and Amy is the, the comedy mostly uh, and the brain frog. So Will Ferrell got into Eurovision the way many Americans do via a European spouse. His wife is Swedish. Oh my god, really? I did yeah, not I know, didn't that. know that until until looking into this movie when it came out. But yeah, his wife is Swedish, and they went over, I think, to like a cousin or a friend's house, and like it was on one year, and they watched it. And this is like twenty years ago, but that's how he got into it and kind of got uh-huh. invested via being, you know, Europeans and. His natural oh, he comic loves sense. craziness as well. Like, hello. Yeah, this is pro- around about the same time in his life as as Mugatu. Yeah, you know? would be. So he gets. He it. was only in his th- like early thirties. Yeah, everyone in that movie looks heaps older than yeah. They are. That's rough. the early two thousands for you. Early two thousands. <laughs> um, st- it was it was styling and makeup styles. Yeah, were the nineties were harsh. Really and let's were. face it, the early two thousands was still the nineties. I did, I've seen the joke many times, but the 90s didn't end until 2004. Oh, yeah. And that's definitely true. Yeah. So Will Ferrell is like really into Eurovision. He went to, I think it was the 2018 Eurovision that was that took place in Portugal. Okay. Well, to, that would be when he was writing. Yes. He'd that be was, writing it was a research this. trip. So he yeah. got himself attached to the Swedish delegation and went backstage and to basically do research to come up with scenarios that he could write uh-huh. and then did the deal to write the script um, and uh, like pretty quick maybe turnaround he had, maybe then, he had a deal in place that? yeah there was they were filming some of the filming took place at the Tel Aviv Eurovision mm-hmm. in 2019 with the goal of yes. production so that it would come out um 20 to sync with yeah. the 2020 yeah and the and the pandemic uh Fucked that up. It fucked like up many, things. many, many plans and in the scheme of things that it stuffed the Eurovision movies uh, release plan is like pretty small fry. But yeah, he's, you know, he's a proper Eurovision person. And mm. I had been a little worried when I'd heard it announced that I'm like Americans, Eurovision. But yeah, no. look, I, was, I wasn't yeah. originally keen to watch it when I first heard I just, about it. I'm very happy Our to take Our parents the watched it. Our, oh, my mum said... It is 
you need to watch this with the girls. It is hilarious. You just laugh the whole time. Mm. And I was like, oh, all right. Then I was like, okay, I'll watch it. And it, uh, we've yeah. watched it. I can't Several even tell times. you how many times we've watched it in I this house. I was definitely more keen when it became clear that there wasn't going to be a Eurovision and this was going to be my only Eurovision. I was like, look, I, I'm a lot less worried about it being shit as long as it's just Eurovision-y. But no, I really feel that they get it. Yeah. They get why people enjoy it. They're willing to take the piss out of it, mm-hmm. but it but it does feel like it's done. It's with done love. with love. Yeah. And I think that's why people who bagged it or or, or I think a more reasonable criticism is that it could be tighter. It's just over two hours. Oh, really? And some of the criticisms were it could have been, you know, shorter I, and tighter. But you I'm know like, what? I've never noticed yeah, that it being but, over two hours, though. So but I'm not it's sure It's not a I'd movie cut. that I've ever kind of gone, eh, look at the watch. Oh, this is dragging. Because mm. it's entertaining the whole time, I I'm think. Because I'm fully invested. I think that's it. So yesterday and was I'm only glad the second that time they I watched didn't it. cut out full song. Like, you need to have those moments of those songs. Yeah. Because they're spectacular. And generally, the critical approval for the songs was higher than the movie itself. Mm. Uh, People, I think entirely reasonably, they should. People recognised that the music created for the movie was really Really top-notch. And really suited the Eurovision theme. And And we will talk about that in some depth when we get to those (laughs) parts of the recap. But, yeah, so Will Ferrell is like a proper Eurovision, you know, lover and gets it. And so... I mean, like, I brought it to talk mm. about for the episode that goes out in Eurovision week because I do really enjoy Eurovision and I really enjoy this movie. Yes. Like, I'm not going to bury the lead. It's really good fun. Oh, it's so good. If you don't like Eurovision, if you don't care for it. It's still fun, though. I don't really understand why you're not going to – why you wouldn't like it. See, I'm – I look, but maybe I've you won't. in and know. out of Eurovision. I There's some years where I've – not knowing anything that's going on with Eurovision. Yeah. There's other years where I've watched the semis and the finals. There's years that I've just watched the finals. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like a, oh, if I remember it's on, it's on kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's But fair. this is great. Like it is, mm. it's a great movie. I just, I just really enjoy the, the campness and it captures the, the raw enthusiasm and that earnestness mm-hmm. that goes along with Eurovision as well as being able to take the piss. Like it's this amazing balancing act with Eurovision generally that you can't be too knowing about how silly it is, but you mm-hmm. have to be a little bit knowing about how silly it is. Yeah, Eurovision is bonkers at the end of the day. So Yeah, yeah it is. But that's what's good about it. That's why everyone loves it. Yeah. And the fact that people will go and will try really hard and will put a good song in and, and put the effort in and apply that little bit of earnestness, I mean, that's what makes it special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. It's special. It's so weird. The European Broadcasting Union, who are responsible for producing Eurovision Song Contest with their member organisations, which are other TV organisations in Europe, are a co-producer of this movie, which was one of the things that reassured me when okay. it was coming out, that it was like, okay, they've he got, got they've them got on, buy-in. Yeah. yeah, they've got, they got buy-in. them on board. Yeah. Yeah. So he was able to sell it to them of like, yeah. no, I'm not here just to make fun of Eurovision. Yeah, this like, is also going to be great promotion of it. Yeah. And the, I think the fact that he went and 
you know, met people and got involved, I think he really must have done a good mm-hmm. sales pitch to them. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So we start with a bit of a flashback to 1974 and we're introduced to our main characters, uh, Lars Ericsson, who is a child at this point, but mm-hmm. the adult version is played by Will Ferrell, and Sigrid Eriksdotter, who is in adult form, played by Rachel McAdams. Mm -hmm. We have a flashback to the 1974, a bunch of Icelandic people are having beers watching the Eurovision Song Contest. It's the year that ABBA win with Waterloo and it's a breakthrough moment for Lars, whose mum has died the year before Mm -hmm. and he's a sad kid. And Sigrid, who is a little girl who doesn't yet speak, even though she Mm -hmm. is she looks like she's probably out four or so. Yeah. So they have this breakthrough moment of the music really reaching them and then everyone's laughing and Lars cracks the shits with his parents' friends and yells at them that he's going to win the Eurovision Song Contest. And the main thing in that scene is that his dad is played by Pierce Brosnan with, in that scene, beautiful an incredible hair. flowing wig, yeah, just like beautiful. an amazing wig. So good. Pierce Brosnan... I love him. I've mm-hmm. loved him since I was a little girl watching Remington, Remington Steel. <laughs> anyway, he's really hot in this. Um, so then we, we flash forward to the present day of 2019, 2020-ish. Mm-hmm. It, it, look, it's, it's a world that's either before or didn't have COVID. um, Well, it was filmed before COVID. So let's just say, yeah, yeah, it's like 2019. It's It's also a fantasy. I think the the strongest fantasy element is not the elves. It's the concept that the Eurovision Song Contest in this day and age would take place in the UK because the UK had won. I know, that's craziness. So, yeah, Um, that was the main thing that, look, clearly it's because it's a beautiful city to get the – Outdoor yeah, so it's in, shots in but, Scotland, but in yeah, Edinburgh. the idea that 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 year's Eurovision is taking place in Edinburgh is like being a pedant. The main thing that annoyed me because it's like, of course, it's not going to take place in the UK. Yeah. Everyone hates it. They make they a even joke. make jokes about it in the Dan Stevens' um, Russian character makes the joke about no one ever vote, no one votes for the UK because they yeah. hate them. He's talking about the their entrant, and it's like, anyway, put it aside because. They, I wonder why I they know. picked it. If we ever got to interview Will Ferrell, oh, we'll ask be, him. Yeah, it would be the top of my list. I why? Think. And, but you know what? It would probably be something like because he knows that it's so unrealistic and it would annoy – it would probably be part of the joke. It could it be would part probably of the be joke. like that kind of gag of like, yeah. yeah, because it would never happen. Or it could just be a really – like they got a really good deal like with the production. Like they had access. Yeah. It'll either be something – it will be a joke or it'll be – 100% a business choice. Yeah. Because they did know because they had the joke in there. Anyway. Yeah. So we flash forward to the future. Well, the, well it's not. It's, <laughs> it's the future for if you're, if you're from the 70s. Yeah. We flash forward to present day. Yeah. So. But not even in like this is kind of in their heads as well. Yes, true. Part. We flash forward into a present day. Film clip. Film clip. Of Volcano Man. It kind of slaps. It's actually pretty great. We always have said in this house they should have used that song for their entrance. You know the um, the soundtrack? (laughs) There is some throat singing. The soundtrack was nominated for a Grammy. What? For like best soundtrack. Really? And it didn't win? It didn't win. And what won that year? Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah. No, I haven't heard it. 
So I can't comment on that song, whether it was uh, good or not. So we we go into their like fantasy uh, on like, you know, volcano sands doing uh-huh. doing this great film clip. There's silver makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, we get a good shot of Will, Ter- Will Ferrell's teeth. Yeah. He hasn't had his teeth fixed. No, I love it. And you commented on, we watched it together yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, Rachel McAdams' teeth are like good, but not like, Hollywood yeah. teeth and they're my good. Had your braces and you get a, a clean and you whiten your teeth. Maybe yeah, she's Canadian. Yeah, and that's like that's my answer. That's probably it. She's Canadian. She she's hasn't had normal. the veneers. <laughs> or if she has, she's she's gone for like a a non glowing. Yeah, let's not get them white. Two times bigger than my normal teeth. Yeah, the the, the fantasy ends and we're actually in like a a, a basement or a shed room mm-hmm. at Lars's house. Uh, where he and Sigrid are rehearsing. Yeah, they're their rehearsing. Band, Fire and they've Saga. Got all the fairy lights on. And Sigrid has kind of like a, a crown, sort of, <laughs> she's made out of twigs. Yeah. And Lars's dad is like, you're using too much electricity, knock it off and turns yeah. the lights out. But they are pretty pumped. This is like a good rehearsal. This mm-hmm. is like, this is a great song. And yeah. They're pretty pumped. Sigrid suggests that they should use it for their entrance for this year. So you kind of get the the vibe that they enter a song every, every year, year, yeah, um, to and to be you know taken into consideration yeah. for the Icelandic Icelandic song contest, yeah, um, because most countries will have their own song contest as part of the process to select mm-hmm. their entrant, yeah. Uh, they have never been in that song contest before, but yeah, Sigrid really feels really good about Volcano Man. Um, she goes home at this point already. I'm just noticing the amazing knitwear. The costuming in this is great. That cardigan, I searched high and low for a similar cardigan when that came out. I I got one and we... I kind of thought because I need a nice rainbow cardigan mm. and I was going to get one that was a bit more navy and Sean talked to me into like a lighter version and then it came and it was more of a peach colour and it's just not 100% right. And every time I watch Eurovision, I'm like, ah, should have bought that other cardigan. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's beautiful. Her style and the cardigans, the great knits, the yeah, her overalls, her hair. She's very you. Yeah, she is very me. So, yeah. She's my aesthetic, 100%. Calling out Anna B. Shepard, the head costume designer for mm-hmm. this movie, and, and she's, like, done many, many, many movies. But I think she just really gets it right mm-hmm. because it's, you've got to do normal people. You've yeah. got to do Eurovision costumes. Yeah. And you've got to do – these characters who are really distinct but also kind of – no, not even kind of out there, very out, out there. there. Uh, so I think it's it's fantastic. You know costuming is something I always really pay mm-hmm. a lot of attention to, but I think it's really handled incredibly well. Yeah, they've well. done That's a very, very good job. Fun in this movie. Basically the parents of Fire Saga are not super supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, Pierce Brosnan is Eric who just feels that – his son Lars has been wasting his life. Yeah. Well, how old? Dream. He's pretty old by this point because. Okay, so if they were little kids in 74, he would have been born around 70 ish. Yeah. So he's what, 50? Yeah. And his um, day job is as a parking <laughs> inspector. Does that add up? 70, 80, know. 90. 
11. No, it'd be like 19, pushing 60. 19. <laughs> this doesn't add up at all. No, it doesn't. Minus 1970. It would have been 49. Oh, no, I was right. I can't yeah, add up. It would have cool. been 49. Yeah, right. I enjoy the – But pr- Rachel McAdams is nowhere – Absolutely nowhere. I like. I'm not willing to pretend that Rachel McAdams was supposed to be close to fifty, and also that they then. No, you know, I've always thought this when I watched it. I was like, we're a little bit loosey goosey on when this exactly is time and yes. how how age works. Almost definitely, <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad I never really okay thought about in a it comedy. Before. Like whatever, it is what it is. It's the fantasy. Look, it's the fantasy element. There are several fantasy elements. Let's just count that as one of them and move yeah. on. So Sigrid's mum really feels that Lars is holding a Sigrid back as a person and mm. as an artist. Pierce Brosnan is a hot dad uh, who feels that Lars is wasting his life. He's got short hair. He's got like his normal short hair. He's a grey fox, a silver fox, oh, a silver fox. So, yeah, Lars, Lars's dad really – there is a funny scene where Lars is telling Sigrid everything that his dad has said to him about yeah. not being proud of him and being ashamed. And yeah. Look, it's, 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 it is pretty funny, although it does make him look like uh, not, not a very nice dad. No, I think no. he hasn't coped very well and I think he truly thinks his son's a bit of a loser. He does tell his son – he takes his son to – the mum's grave, literally to say to him, uh, I've spoken to the bank, I can't afford to keep my fishing boat, which is what he uses for his income. Yes, his livelihood. And the house. So I'm selling the house. Times are are, are tough too. So I'm selling the house and he's like, but I live there. He's like, you're you're a grown man. You're a middle-aged man. You need to get your own life together. Mm -hmm. And um, there's some kind of comment of like, what would your mother think of you? And then he's like, says something along the lines of, well, my mother liked having me around the house so <laughs> <laughs> She probably wouldn't be too happy. So we see Lars in his everyday life as a parking inspector mm-hmm. um, in the town of Husavik. I hope I'm pronouncing that vaguely correctly. But, yeah, small fishing town. We meet side character Olaf Johansson, who um, they regularly see down the bar where they play mm-hmm. as a band, uh, who eats his parking ticket but then agrees to come to see them play tonight. Yeah. Uh, he's the character who is always screaming that they play Yaya Ding Dong. Mm-hmm. And in the 2021 Eurovision, uh, the Icelandic group had him – reprised this character oh, really? and announced their, their scores and he tried to give 12 points to Yaya Ding Dong. Uh, uh, and it was very funny. So Yaya Ding Dong is a great song it's too. filthy. <laughs> but it's like, look, no, the songwriting team for this movie really got it. Like they got all of the songs right. They're exactly – we were talking about this last week with um, Roger Rabbit when you create fictional, like a, a universe with like fictional characters mm-hmm. and fictional, you know, arts, if you're saying that someone's hilarious, then you have to make them hilarious. If the if the yeah. songs are good, they then actually have to be, be good. good. Yeah. And a song like Yaya Ding Dong that they're annoyed by having to play does still have to be catchy. Yeah. And it is. And it is catchy. The songs are really great. 
And it, but it's, it's the kind of song that if you had to play it three times every be, time you, you're playing with your band, oh, it would be really murders. annoying. You'd be so mad. <laughs> Will Ferrell, something I noticed watching this again was in his movies, one of Will Ferrell's go-to comedic things is screaming, he, like scream yes. acting. There's a lot of shouting. His characters yell a lot. Yes. And it is he's funny. Put, he's <laughs> it. Like it works. It's very funny. But, yeah, there is a lot of yelling. A lot of yelling. So Sigrid tells Lars around the, the, the time that they're having their gig and they're outside having a bit mm-hmm. of a deep and meaningful and she says, don't worry, I went and visited the elves. I've given mm-hmm. them some biscuits and I've asked them to make sure we get into, your the, vision, the, the, into yeah. the song contest. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, who believes in elves? It's like, that's ridiculous. The fact given in the movie that about half of the Icelandic community do still believe in elves is, I believe, but basically accurate. Yeah. That in surveys of the Icelandic community, really? many people, somewhere between a third and a half, do believe in elves. I feel I would be in that Yeah, that bracket. <laughs> it's just so much more of a part of the culture. And there are things like there'll be a road project and there'll be like an elf rock and everyone's like, oh, shit, we can't move the elf rock. The elves will be mad. Yeah, And they will divert okay. the road plan around, like, the rock because it's like – That's just, really respectful. It is weird. Of their but culture. It is respectful, but it's respectful, but it is of, respectful their culture of their culture too. culture. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Also, we meet the Icelandic television corporation. Yeah, the board. Uh, the, yeah, the group who are responsible for the Icelandic entry. They're picking – who's going to be in the Atlantic heat this year. Mm-hmm. We've got, who's our main? Katia. Who was played by Demi Lovato, which mm-hmm. I did know and then completely forgot. Yeah. In between watching it in 2020 and watching it here. You only worked it out halfway through, though, this this watch as well. Katiana. Yeah. Katiana. Oh, yeah, no, I, well, I didn't. It, you're giving me too much credit. I saw it on the internet when I was checking something oh, else. Okay. I didn't work it out for myself. You um, went, oh! I saw it on Wikipedia because I'd completely forgotten. They're really good in that role. Yeah. Yeah. It's um not a big role, but basically the Eurovision, the Icelandic group are extremely confident that Katiana's mm-hmm. going to win. Yeah. They've got a they've got ten other entrants, but they need twelve. No, they need eleven. No, they need twelve. Do they? They've okay. got eleven, and they need twelve. Oh, okay. So they've got her and ten, and so they basically pull a tape out of a box to decide. Yeah. This in this scene, we also get to meet one of our key characters, mm-hmm. Victor, who is played by the man who plays Jacob from Sex Education. Ah, oh, Jacob from Sex Education. It is such a movie of dilfs. Yeah. Such a good-looking man. But, no, look, it's appropriate as you age that the people you think are sexy are older. And he's really hot, although he's got, like, an upsetting moustache. Which I think is the sign that he's evil. (laughs) We we cut to Lars finding out that Fire Saga have been accepted into the Icelandic competition. Mm -hmm. And he goes up to the church and rings the church bell to, like, summon the town and bring all the boats bring in. in the boats. basically he like yells. That. He yells, bring in the boat. He basically does the it's an equivalent of emergency service. services, kind of like everyone come to town. And he, so he gets arrested by um, the guy who 
the the guy who's like the um, Prince Regent or whatever in season one of The Witcher, who is another Icelandic oh, actor. Okay, yeah. This movie was full of people that I'm like, oh, it's every Scandinavian actor I've yeah. ever seen except for the um, Skarsgårds. I know that no Skarsgårds. I wonder Swedish, why. Mikael Persbrand is Swedish. Yeah. And so he's playing the character who is the governor of the Central Bank of Iceland. So he doesn't want Iceland to win because mm-hmm. it's expensive. Yeah. Well, because if Iceland win, it's like this – where are you going to have it? It's this tiny town that's – Well, well they're not going to have, have it in that town. They'll have yeah, it but, in Reykjavik. Yeah, where it's – but even that, like they're worried about – the economy of having to – the infrastructure of having to house all these people that come into town for oh, Eurovision. Yeah. It, running Eurovision is incredibly expensive and you, you can make a lot of tourist money but you have to – You have to pour the, ma- the money out first, yeah. yeah. Uh, Bjorn Hulner Haraldsson is playing the cop who clearly has a crush on Sigrid and is Icelandic. So there uh-huh. are a lot of Icelandic yep. actors in this. No Björk jokes. I know. I was just about to say that. Like, it's interesting that maybe they reached out and she not into it. Said no, no. That's fair. So they Sigrid comes down and, and finds out that yes, they've been accepted. They uh, get Lars released from custody, mm. um, and she goes and leaves an offering. We see the elf houses this time. They're like mm, they're gorgeous. little model houses built into the um into the, well, s- stone into the side of the yeah. wall into the side of the mountain hill. Yeah, hill. Uh, it's not. It's, well, I mean, I guess it's a wall for them, isn't it? If they live yeah, in I it, yes, yeah. <laughs> so she's leaving them an offering with some um some biscuits and some whiskey, um because she loves Lars and he isn't like just is I think willfully refusing to notice so he can concentrate on the mm-hmm. band and the music and she really hopes that they get accepted into Eurovision and if they win maybe he will finally return her love. Yeah, he'll he'll you know the focus will be off Eurovision for him because they've he's achieved, he's achieved it so then he can move on. Move on. So we get to Reykjavik. We've moved ahead in time. We're in Reykjavik, the capital city and the the largest city in Iceland for the Icelandic Song Contest. And there is a bit of a subplot in here about how Sigrid would love to be singing in Icelandic and Lars is just like no song's going to win in Icelandic, which is like it's a proper issue that happens every Mm. year in in Eurovision that singing in a – Foreign language well, in a small language. The thing is, it's not it's not a foreign language for you if you sing in yeah, your home exactly. language. But if it's a foreign language for a lot of the voters, mm. the the language Especially you if you're in a small country and that's yeah. an isolated language for that country. Exactly. If, yeah. yeah. If it's the, if it's only the language for your country, it's going to be hard. And so it's always a struggle for the smaller countries of do we sing in our language and risk just making it a lot harder to be successful or do you mostly it's English and and French um Mm. the French always sing in French like it's a thing they do they they will never French arrogance is a thing it's an important deal (laughs) but yeah so the idea of do you sing in your language is is quite fraught and I think it's something that's shifted in the last few years where more countries are singing in their own language yeah and doing quite well so they should because you can appreciate 
how it sounds over what's being said a lot of the time too with songs. Also, you do get SBS uh, always broadcast in Australia with subtitling the songs. Uh, so you do, yeah. if it's not in English, you'll be able to follow yeah. what the lyrics mean. But also, like, that's part of the information package that each country gets um, mm. as broadcasters, that you get to explain what, what this song's about. Yeah, So, true. like, I don't know, I don't know, um, I can't speak Ukrainian, so I don't know from my experience of listening what last year's Ukrainian song is about, but I do know that from the package, and it's a fucking good song. Yeah. Last year's entry was great, and they did really, really well. It was one of the examples where I think most of the top five – I think four of the top five were not in English. Wow. Iceland's entry was the top five entry in 2021 that was in English. There you go. Anyway, Eurovision facts. We get to see some of the uh, Icelandic entries, 21st century Vikings. He's my favourite. I love 20th century Viking. It feels very real. And the song's really great. We see um, Katiana. Lars gets stuck backstage. He's just... He's not being very professional and he freaks out a bit and he goes to um, check the lighting cues mm-hmm. in the middle of the show um, and misses his stage cue mm-hmm. and there's a, there's a mishap and it goes badly and and they lose badly. Yeah. Basically. So They're even, a bit of a laughing stock. Yeah. Even kind of proved his dad right in a way. His dad feels yeah. a little bit uh, like, see, I told you it was a mm-hmm. waste of time. So even though Lars was really excited about the post-show boat party for all the entrants, he's decided to skip it and he's by the dock feeling very despondent. Mm-hmm, and Sigrid really cry. tries to cheer him up and it seems like they're finally going to have a kiss and then the boat explodes mm-hmm. and there's chunks of boat and former Eurovision <laughs> you know, entrant flying at them on the dock. I love that they can tell that it's the arm. The first time we watched it and that happened, the girls were, I think, I think there may have even been tears when it happened. It was so unexpected unexpected and graphic. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, they were loving Demi Lovato's character and then all of a sudden, like, they – they can the characters Lars and Sigrid realise that that's her arm because yeah. of the bracelets that she's wearing. Yeah, and so yeah, pretty bit full on, but also yeah, worked well. <laughs> Great line at this point. The elves went too far because <laughs> they're kind of in that moment of like, oh, they realise like, oh, all of the contestants are now dead. We're the last men standing, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're through. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but it is so sad. It is so sad. Secret's Yay! genuinely like freaked out at the mass death that's just happened. And Lars is really unable to suppress <laughs> his glee at getting through to Eurovision, no matter the cost. Um, so we cut to Edinburgh, which is a beautiful city that is definitely never going to host the Eurovision Song Contest. Mm-hmm. But whatever. I've had my rant. We have a lovely sort of montage of them arriving and being excited and they're in their little hotel room and they're exploring this, this you know, the beautiful city, driving down the Royal Mile and seeing all the old buildings. The, oh, I've forgotten his name, Portuguese guy who won. I 20, wrote it down last you, night. Who, who won 2017. Salvador Sabral. Yep. So Sobral, he, I would say. 
He won 2017 and yes. so the Eurovision contest in 2018 was in Portugal. Portugal, yeah. Um, and he's performing his song and, and, and being a street performer in this scene. Um, I did really enjoy the number of Eurovision cameos. Oh, it was nice. Yeah, it was great. It was. It's. It's also, I and it showed you the love they have yeah. for Eurovision, like, and that they understood. They obviously all felt really safe with in Will Ferrell's hands, yeah. really. Yeah. To because if you didn't feel safe and you thought if I do this, it would look bad for Eurovision, or is it going to take the piss? Yeah. I think, I think forming that relationship with the EBU mm-hmm. and having them be part of the production really it, it gave yes. them a lot of access. But I think it did it, – it, they wouldn't have been able to get – It would not have been the same movie if no. they didn't. No. It works. So, again, Sigrid and Lars have a bit of a romantic moment mm-hmm. in this beautiful city and then Lars is like, no, we've got to focus on the music. Think of all of the bands who didn't, like ABBA and Fleetwood Mac, Mac and Seaman and Garfunkel. And, Terrible joke. And Post Malone. Post Malone. <laughs> <laughs> Don't understand that joke. Don't either. But yeah, no love and music uh, because because he's kind of a fool. We get introduced to the Russian entrant um, mm. Alexander Lendov, played by Dan Stevens, who is incredible. He's he so good in it. Is such a good comic actor. Yeah, he has 1984 George Michael's beautiful yeah. hair, frosted, frosted tips, big buffy. He is hammy, but it's never too much, no. and he's able to be. Like emotional and, and serious without losing the humour. Like he mm. he could do like a Zoolander type broad yeah. comedy. Per- yeah, and he's good. perfect. He's, he's very funny. Yeah. And he does great dramatic acting too. Mm. To think that he was introduced via Downton Abbey as like as the cousin. I wonder what else he's in that I've – oh, he was the cousin. He was the cousin that they were like, oh, yeah, no, the mate. cousin I was going to marry died in the Titanic, so now I have to be nice to this cousin because he's the heir. And then yeah. they fell in love and then he oh, I, got written out because he wanted to go and have a career. He's been in some other great – he's done some other like great yeah, work nice. and he always gives amazing red carpet looks. Like he really pushes it on the mm. red carpet. I am – I'm quite a fan. So his track, Lion of Love, is the hot favourite to win uh, mm-hmm. this imaginary fantasy Eurovision. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get to see a little clip from it. It's fantastic. Um, so it's a homoerotic um, dream, basically. It really is. <laughs> we get to meet um, a number of the backstage crew who are mm-hmm. assisting our Icelandic team, including Kevin Swain, who is – Apparently, an amazing Eurovision visionary. Know, visionary, <laughs> yeah. He was in Cruella. He's the guy who is Cruella's boss at Liberty of London, and he's got amazing hair. Yes, he is. Yes. And he, so, hang on. Let me just look up. Kevin Swain is played by Jamie Dimitri, who was in Cruella, and he, in real life, his sister is Natasia Dimitri, who's Nina. Who is the Oh, so they were there together. Yeah. Right. So they're on screen together, the right. brother and sister. Who is, of course, from what we do in the shadows. Yeah, she's great. And she yeah. hosts that that crazy flower show that I obsessed oh, with in 2020 as well. I, I really I really like I'd make her. the kids watch after they'd finished their homeschooling. Yeah. <laughs> so I didn't realise they were brother and sister no, until I had no idea. Um, until Cruella. But yeah. Ah. So he is Kevin Swain, an extremely camp, yeah, Eurovision staging guru. 
getting sucked into the big Eurovision machine. Sigrid is is struggling a little bit. She's just not quite herself and, and not singing at her at her best at a music rehearsal um, where they're singing over a new remix of the mm. track. She's not loving it. And then at the end of, of the rehearsal, um, Alexander comes in and with his amazing hair and his beautifully bedazzled jacket, he's got just like all these gorgeous gems on this. Yeah. Oh God, all of the costuming is so good. So good. Um, invites uh, Lars and Sigrid to his party that night where they'll have a very crazy sexy time. Very crazy sexy time. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I love his accent. He does such a good job. And he's little like... Oh, why you'll say that to like me? He just, like he just, oh, like I he's don't even, so good. Mm, he's yeah. I don't know if it's accurate, but it is accurate as our idea of what it should be. Yeah, like what that Russian guy would sound like. Like it's yeah. perfect. It's he really he really steals this movie. He really does. Like he really he's does. Very very good in it. Uh, yeah, Lars is immediately suspicious, even though he hasn't pursued a relationship with Sigrid. He's unimpressed by this sex player. Yeah. And he's very <laughs> he's worried. He's a sex player, that one. But they go to the party anyway. Sigrid has this amazing multicolored big sequin dress. Mm. It's, it's like a big great discs. They're like yeah, massive. Huge sequin discs. Yeah. I think I will Three have to find a picture. diameter discs all over her dress. dress. It looks awesome. Yeah. Again, it's costuming that just feels extremely right for the character and mm-hmm. the situation. It's fun and it's probably something that no one else would think to wear. Yeah. So we get to the party. It's at one of Alexander's – it's one of his homes. It's like top five of his top homes. Five of He's his very homes. rich. He's very Russian. He's got a whole lot of what he claims are Greek statues that are extremely dong forward. Mm-hmm. Um, he cracks his joke about the UK not winning. He's introducing them to the world of Eurovision and the other players in this year's mm-hmm. competition. Who's got a good chance? What their songs are like. We meet uh, Mita Zanakis, who is the Greek entrance, played mm-hmm. by Melisanthi Mahoud. Um, she's really – she's good in this. Yeah, she's very good. Is she a Eurovision person or is she just a Greek actress? She's an actress. Okay. She's um, – Everyone's vocals are done by other people and most of the vocals are handled by artists who have been involved in Eurovision or Junior Eurovision. Okay. Because, yes, there is a Junior Eurovision. Yes, I have seen – I've watched Junior Eurovision once. But, no, she's like – she's a Greek actress and she's uh, really good and quite gorgeous in this. I've got to say – her song and the staging when we do mm-hmm. see it, mm-hmm. when we have the footage of the final, mm-hmm. Greece have not been that good in years. Greece has always been pretty bad when I've seen them. I mean, they've had their moments. Every year I'm just – every year in the past at least five years I've just been frustrated that they're not better. Yeah. Often they're, they're like pretty good, poor though, Greece. Well, I think that might be a case maybe of – they're doing, Maybe they're doing a yeah. – um, a fire saga and just like let's not put our best foot forward because yep. we can't afford to host this if we we won. Yep, the Olympics wiped us out, guys. Exactly the plot of an episode of Father Ted, where Father Ted and Father Dougal get put forward because Ireland won. I think in the nineties, two years in a row, and oh, they were wow. just and they were just we can't afford to win again. It's it's killing us, so we have to enter a dud. Jedwood. When was Jedwood around? Did they win? No, they did quite well with lipstick, and then they lipstick, came back the that's second. What it was a good song. Yeah. 
it's, a, it's, an, it's an all right song. It's an all right song. <laughs> I'll lower that a little bit. Uh, I'm a, I am a fan of Jedward as people, though. Yeah, they're pretty I fun. I'm really fond of them. Do they still – I haven't seen them in a while. Like, I've, I know, are they still hanging out with Tara Reid? Yes, they are. Are they? Okay, I didn't know that. They're huge Tara Reid fans. They don't they have friends. their big hair anymore, do they? Generally not, no. Okay. No. Um, are they still a bit simple? Yes. But are they good-hearted <laughs> boys who stand up for what is right? Also, yes. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm I feel I saw them on TikTok not too long yeah, ago. probably. But, yeah, so Lipstick was pretty good. This is like maybe almost 10 years ago. And they came back the next year not as not as strong a song. Oh, okay. So at Dan Stevens' party, mm. there is a song along. A song along. Now, I don't know if this is real, but we agreed that I hope we both we hope, hope it is. hope it's really real. So basically it's all of the – the performers start doing – this actually does feel like something that theatre people and, like, Well, it's what we see in Pitch Perfect do. and stuff, yeah. you know, things like that where we're going to – We all have a, a sing-along together. Yeah. So if, it feels like it wouldn't be as beautifully produced, but it would be realistic. So anyway, basically we have most of the most of the Eurovision cameos happen in this scene mm-hmm. where everyone's singing along and picks up a line and it becomes a big mashup of some yeah. hits. Yeah, so we've got Cher's Believe, Madonna's Ray of Light plays, Abba's Waterloo, um, the Black Eyed Peas, mm. like it's um, – Con- Conchita Verst uh, yes. pops up who is just – Eurovision royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, the boy with the fiddle who I looked up who was in two Eurovisions. He looks t- 12 He still looks still. 12 even though he's been doing Eurovisions for like 20 <laughs> years. And he's he's probably like Ralph Macchio where you're like, he, we'll look him up and he'll be like 50 and you're like, but you still look 12. <laughs> Dan Stevens has the most shiny costumes. Like all of his jackets are like brocade or um, – just intensely glittery in some mm-hmm. way. And he, he – do you know who really is the MVP, the unsung MVP? His sternum area. Yeah, I know. It's just Every, always – It is always exposed as if he's allergic to shirts. And just enough hair. Just enough hair to be hairy <laughs> without being like hairy, hairy. Yeah. Can we just talk at this point too? I made a note down because there is – the, the ongoing jokes throughout. Yes. So there's the ongoing joke that, um, oh, are you brother and sister? Because they do have the matching surnames. Yes. Oh, your brother and sister. Yeah. Or even even not to do with their surnames. People just see them and, and think, think they're, they're brother, brother and sister. <laughs> and there's the, the joke of like, oh, um, I'm pretty sure we're not related. And she's yeah. like, no, we're not related. Yeah, we're definitely not. The other ongoing joke that I love is that Sigrid always has two drinks. Yes, true. Always two drinks. Yes. Yeah. I see you've got coffees, both for me. Yep. Um, <laughs> like everyone always gives her two shots at yeah, a time. Like or there'll, there'll be two, two champagnes two for champagnes. each of them and she will take, take them both. <laughs> She'll do two shots at the bar. Yeah. It is funny. She drinks. It's a subtle joke, but it's, it's, there. it's constant throughout yeah. and it's done really well. So – Mita, our Greek contestant, is really into Lars. Mm. Um, and so there's a she, – she, she accosts him at the hotel, although mm-hmm. we later find out nothing happened. Um, Sigrid continues to party with Alexander and then stays over at his place. Again, nothing happened, but he the next morning pretty much – proposes marriage that this would be mm-hmm. a great match for them he could really make a career they'd make each other look good she's like he wants a beautiful oh beard yeah 
Yeah, completely. She hasn't cottoned on no, to that yet. No, she doesn't know that. She's very innocent and doesn't mm. doesn't get that that's what's happening. Yeah. He's a- just spent six hours braiding your hair while you've slept though, so – you know, she reacts to that appropriately, <laughs> whereas like you did do a good job, but that is fucked up. <laughs> so she heads out, um, but then discovers Lars and meet it together, and is is pretty upset from that. Lars goes off and has a bit of a soul seeking moment where he's gazing at his reflection <laughs> in a. It um, is also a Zoolander a moment, fountain. isn't it, it is. where the reflection yes. talks back to you and so stuff. So his reflection is is having a sort of discussion with his reflection and then he runs into some American tourists and does a bunch of, you know, stupid American jokes and his reflection tries to give him material. And they just work so well because we all know that he is American so he can get away with saying these things about Americans that all Europeans and Australians think. think. (laughs) He goes back to the hotel and and overhears Sigrid really writing from the heart. She's writing Mm. this beautiful love song. And he thinks it's about Alexander and even though he's basically created this problem himself, he's yes. quite hurt and he doesn't go in. We get to the semi-final where Graham Norton is playing himself as the BBC host, mm-hmm. uh, which he is, which is pretty great at. Mita tells Sigrid that she didn't shag Lars mm-hmm. and that they shouldn't let nothing come between them. Lars is wearing this great silver puffy vest, which I love. Yeah. Uh, it's not my cosplay choice. My cosplay choice would be the Icelandic board members, um, cute mm. metallic leather pants and her yeah. kind of like she's chevrony great, top. She? She's great and she has really cute outfits. I don't know if I've got one particular mm, There's so many cosplay moments. And I don't even think it would be from like full-on costumey things. I just I think like it'd be the sequin dress. Oh, uh, maybe. Or, but also, no, I don't know. You are wearing a jumper. <laughs> if I should have worn right my now. I should have worn my overalls mm. today. And I actually watching this once. I did try and Google to find some brown overalls that she wears because I was like, oh, I haven't thought of brown over overalls. Yeah, mm. there's some knits in there that are just like. You either would wear real life FYI or you actually too, do. I just got some really nice candy pink um, corduroy pants the other day that I need to take up. I'll show you them afterwards. Okay, good. I look forward to it. But there's just a lot of really good choices for yeah, the, the so outfits. I don't even. For us, for like people who dress like that in real life. Yeah, I know. Because that's the thing. This is how we – we've maybe we're really European – Maybe it's our Norwegian heritage our, our, like, that we we don't actually know about. Norwegian no, DNA. it's more than that. It's like I think I'm like ten percent. Last time I checked, that seems unlikely. But look, is it is it our vaguely European heritage, <laughs> or is it just that we just like bright colours and we've always been like this? Both. I'm going to claim both until I improved to not be Norwegian, ten percent Norwegian. I'm claiming that it is that. So the semi-final starts. We we have an act who are very much like Lordy, who won a number of years ago with um, Hard Rock Hallelujah. So they're mm. in like monster prosthetics playing mm-hmm. rock music. Big, like Guar. Guar like is Gua. that the name? The it band? Is, yeah. yeah, it is like Guar. Um, I'm just super impressed by the the choices they made for all of these acts feel very realistic. Yeah. Like Sweden do pop a hip hop act in every few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, we have had Lordy. I had forgotten that 
Fire Saga's uh, entry at this point has a massive uh, hamster wheel. Yes. You know what I am a little bit disappointed about thinking now? It's the only time I've thought it, but it's it's just popped into my head. I am a little bit – they should have just done some old lady um, folk song thrown oh, in yeah. there for good – because every like few the, years I feel there's like a, an old lady choir or something yeah. that does a folk song that yeah. gets through. 100%. You remember the baking bread one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, that would have been perfect. That, but that's the thing. Eurovision isn't just one thing that is extremely Eurovision. There are like – There's lots. 12 or 15 things that you look at and go, oh, yes, that's very Eurovision. <laughs> um, so there is a massive crisis where uh, Lars keeps changing up Sigrid's costume. Mm. She's got this huge little He needs scarf. to just settle down. There's a wind machine mishap where it gets tangled in the hamster wheel mm. and everything goes shit. For a moment there in the bar back in Iceland, Pierce Brosnan is looking a bit proud, but then everything well, goes to shit. Well, because there is a point of that song that they're, they're doing so well yeah. and it's so professional and there is an actual pause in the song Yep, where it really could have just finished and if it, if their song and their track and their performance finished there, they probably would have done quite well. But everything goes wrong yes. with the staging. And there's like the, the hamster, the hamster thrown off comes stage. off stage. People are injured but they get up and finish the song. Yeah, Graham Norton through this part is really good. He's very funny, yeah. And they do. They they finish the song. Lars immediately is like he wants to give up. It's over. Mm. They're not going to make it through. Yeah, he's, he's not gutted. even sit, sit, um, sticking around to sit in the green room no. to to go through the pain of not getting any points, basically. Yep. And Sigrid is like, no, I'm going in there and I'm going to go well, do this. Well, she does the right thing. Like she's like, you know, this is what's happened, but you don't just bail. You have to just, yeah. you know – follow through with your commitment Mm -hmm. but he's on the next plane so he yeah no he is at the airport in his amazing silver outfit as we're seeing on the screens Mm. that iceland do qualify for the final yeah are they pity votes or do people just really respect that they got up and finished their song doesn't matter they get through yeah so he's he leaves and goes home and is like it's over my dream is dead i'm going to Get on my dad's fishing boat and be mm-hmm. a fisherman now. Like, that's my life. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, he doesn't even know that they've qualified. So, yeah, Lars literally, like, goes goes straight to the airport. He's on the fishing boat. And he and his dad have this beautiful heart-to-heart where his dad is proud of him because he, he did something great. He made people proud of Iceland because he got back up. He didn't give yeah. up. And he's like, but I did give up. And he's like, no, you, you know, fight like a Viking. And then on the boat, they then find out both his because his dad left the bar, yes, um, and Lars left the Eurovision place, yeah, the stadium. stadium. And they've both missed that Iceland yeah. did actually qualify they don't for the know. final. <laughs> they don't know. Lars, it's one of those fantasy comedy moments. Then just like jumps off the boat and swims back to shore uh-huh. to get a flight back to Scotland uh-huh. because we can't turn the boat around. We're not missing a full day of, of fishing. fishing. <laughs> Victor comes, just happens to be cruising past. Just happens to be in the area. Yeah, as as Lars is walking, and I don't know, back to town or yeah, to he he's got to get he's got to get back to, to the airport, the I guess. Airport. So and he's like Victor's like hop in. He's like, can we stop off somewhere first? So. He gets him to drop him off to the elves. Yes. He needs a bit of 
elf, elf help. Yeah. Um, and he gives beliefs. them some whiskey and kind of thanks them and, you know, you know. Do, doing his elf stuff. When he goes back, this is where we really find out that Victor's evil. Yeah, we and get the heel turn. He um, – Pulls out, I guess it's like a, he's like a got like, oh, is that what it's yeah. called? And he strangles him from behind. Yep. And that's when he's explaining his motive, that he blew up the boat. Um, Iceland is basically bankrupt. They can't Which afford was accurate it. accurate at this point in history, um, there's just, just a few years before. Oh, really? Yeah. They're just, they're, there's just no crisis. way that they can't, they can't, they can't, they can't, he can't risk winning. And... So now he's going to kill Lars. I don't know why he felt he had to kill Lars because I don't feel there were any kind of threat to actually still no, win. they weren't going to win. <laughs> there was no reason to think that they were going to win. But Victor has done a whole bunch of murder already and I guess he's committed. He's committed. I'm going to be very disappointed if I ever get murdered and my murderer doesn't explain their motives while, while it's happening. Me. So mad. Anyway, however, Victor gets taken out by a thrown knife in the back. And we see a little elf door slam. Yeah. The little elf murder. My kids loved this part when it happened. Mm, it was just funny. like, oh, my God. This is where it fully does commit to the fantasy yes. theme. Lars makes it to Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, like we are spared a montage. He runs into the Americans again and basically hijacks their rental car as they're pulling up at the airport. We cut back to the... Um, to the, the, the final yes. has started. Like well, it's taken yeah. Lars a bit of time to get here. And it's so perfect because it's right. They've got Alex Lem, Lemtoff is doing his performance. He's Lion. Lion of Love. Lion of Love. We get to see love. most of, of But it's the, such oh, a great so song to be playing in the background of this kind of almost like the Italian job. Yes. Um, driving through cobblestone streets and things. Maybe they picked it for Edinburgh because they could do the good car scenes. Maybe, Maybe it was just for that. Maybe. Because that be, is pretty great. But it's the perf- It's just such a great song for it, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's a good performance. The Sigrid is backstage and... Alexander glances over a couple of times and she twigs that he's he's not glancing over at her. He's glancing over at Kevin Swain mm. who kind of becomes emotionally overcome and has to leave and the penny drops. Mm-hmm. So when he comes off stage, she asks him if, if he's gay and he's like, no, no gay Russians. Yeah. Um, me, he, him, me, him, he, him, like, yeah, well, pronoun. Like non-binary. He's like, no, no, <laughs> I, he, him, I, he, him pronoun. So he is clearly taking place in a, in a relatively contemporary Russia Yes. <sighs> Which sucks balls for Alexander. <sighs> Sigrid's mum pops into the bar in Iceland. She hasn't – she's only been in a couple of scenes so far, but basically she's been pretty unsupportive of the mm. whole fire saga-ness and we've been told that she really doesn't like Lars's dad. Mm-hmm. But they're both there at the bar ready to support them. Watching with the whole town. Katiana. Katiana comes back in ghost form again to warn Lars. Yeah, so we've seen her in ghost form a few times with her missing arm and singed forehead. They did some great prosthetics there for her ghost Katiana. She comes back to warn Lars that he's in terrible danger and Victor is going to murder him and he (laughs) does get to do a great bit about, where have you been? What kind of a ghost are you? (laughs) She's a terrible ghost. 
And then he engages Alexander in the worst fist fight ever. It's fantastic. <laughs> you were punching me very, very light though, almost like a massage. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> relaxing. But he gets Lars is there on time. Uh, well, just a, not just. quite on time because Sigrid's gone on stage and has started her song. True. And he gets on stage in his full fishing outfit. Oh yeah, he hasn't changed and, out of his fishing. And gear. like, stop! Instead of just kind of get, because he arrives right at the time where he would be, Join be the song. his part. Um, but no, no, he picks his microphone up and goes, "Stop the music! Stop the mute! Like, like just far out, Lars! Just once! Just once! Just no. just once! Yeah, no." But he stops the music and but asks Sigrid to, to sing the song that she was writing, mm-hmm. which he then magically, even though she hadn't finished writing it, magically remembers it and knows and is able to play on the keyboard. Yes. And she sings this beautiful, oh, beautiful gorgeous. song. Named after their hometown, about their hometown. Parts of it are in Icelandic. We get to mm. see the Icelandic television team and all the people from her hometown losing their shit about her singing in Icelandic mm-hmm. and naming their hometown. And I'm goosebumping oh, even talking about it. We were getting chills it. last night and it's, it's beautiful. Such a beautiful song. And the what we need to shout out to the the girl who does all the singing. And I think she's from like an Icelandic group. She's in like a band there as well. But her voice is just spectacular. And it actually fits Rachel Adams' speaking voice almost perfectly too. So it's a Swedish singer, Molly Sandin. She's credited as My Marianne. And so they mixed her vocals with uh, Rachel McAdams' vocals for the okay, soundtrack. Okay, yes. But she sort of, I think, carries the most, like the The, the big real, stuff, big yeah. Um, okay. And I think she was a contestant in Junior Eurovision. Well, that makes sense because last night we were saying that the singing really fits – Rachel McAdams, and that would make sense that they've kind of meshed them together. Yeah, they've 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 found someone who's got a, a but voice also what a good lip syncer. Like everyone, yeah, and like um, Dan Stevens as well. Like they've all done such a really good job mm-hmm. of knowing their songs that they have to pretend they're singing and really performing oh, them. They like do. They all do a really good right job. Yes, and selling it. Yeah, and then you've just got Will Ferrell who just. He, it was just him singing, basically. It was, but anyway, we get we get the big song. It is genuinely beautiful. I think the the big emotional climax of the movie wouldn't work as well if this song mm-hmm. wasn't as good. It did mm-hmm. get nominated for an Oscar. Yeah, I love. Um, we have a big kiss where Sigrid and Lars finally get it together. Mm-hmm. She has that Spiorg note where she's sung from the heart, yes. and really been her truest self. They're in love. The soundtrack is playing Sigur Ross, who are a very cool Icelandic band. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and that's like the end of the plot, basically. Yeah. We know that they're going to be disqualified for changing their song. Yep, they can't win. But that does they don't care about winning anymore. Like Lars has given up his dream because he's realised that what really matters is home and love and then they tried. And yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like as they say in, I think at the party, someone says like win, lose, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, like that's not what 
it's actually about for people in Eurovision. I'm sure there are some people that are like, I've got to win, I've got to win, I've got to win. I think it's very important to a lot of people. But but I think it's just even achieving that you're there and the experience of doing it is like you've won. Mm. So we have a little coda at the end where we're told uh, with the captioning, some time has passed. Mm-hmm. And we're back in the bar and Fire Saga are playing again. Uh, but we can see time has passed because Sigrid and Lars both have wedding rings and a baby and a, baby. And a little like, baby Bjorn. Oh, it's one of my favourite things, seeing a baby with tiny headphones on yeah, at a concert. So <laughs> the baby's got the hardcore industrial noise cancelling headphones so they can play in the band with the baby. Yeah. And then we see that the party they're playing is actually um, their parents have gotten their married mum and to dad, each other. Yeah, have gotten married. Yeah, which they've kind of creeped out by, but is is lovely. Yeah. And once again, they have to play ya ya ding dong, mm-hmm. but they're not mad about it this time, and it's nice. Yeah, a nice little ending. The end. The end. And it's satisfying. And at the end, in the credits, it puts up. All of the actors, the, the flag of their home country mm-hmm. as if they are in Eurovision. Eurovision. You have to watch that guy. He is a sex player. So do you want to know some Eurovision facts? Go for it, Kate. Correct answer because I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> so Eurovision started in 1956. It's based on the Italian San Remo Music Festival, which is uh-huh. a four-day festival down in San Remo in the south of Italy, mm-hmm. which now they do use as their competition to, to get into choose yes. their entrant. Okay. But basically, so 56, we're not that many years, we're like 11 years, so earlier when they started planning it, past the end of World War II. Mm. The European Broadcasting Union is not officially affiliated with the European Union, but the ideas that were happening at the same time of basically the Eurovision Song Contest is about bringing people together and bringing Europe together after war Mm. to build community and solidarity. Right, okay, yes. So there has always been that political element in the Mm -hmm. background of the concept of Eurovision. Mm -hmm. So singing in language has always been important block voting has always been yes. an a thing. issue a mm-hmm. thing and an issue where people will vote for their neighbors or not vote for countries that they're mad at uh because you know conflict in europe didn't magically stop in the last <laughs> 60 years there's been several wars and there's one right now mm-hmm. russia have been excluded from this year's eurovision yeah. contest because they're being fucking awful yeah, and I, I, I was it. saying this to you last night that I think the Ukraine are going to do exceptionally well this year. I suspect year. so. And look, again, their song last year fucking slapped. Mm. It was awesome. Yeah, so they're not, it's not just pity stuff. If, they, if they're if they good at entering oh, no, if they do a good, good quality song, songs. It'll, they were, I think they were top five last year in Ukrainian mm. before the current conflict and yeah. An outpouring of support for Ukraine's position where they're being, you know, attacked by Russia. I think I think they will mm. do really well. So yeah, that's kind of interesting. And it's on me. this weekend, guys. Yes, yeah, so we're putting this episode out because it's on. It's on right now. As you if you were listening when this episode drops, it's on. Go and watch it. Let's get yes. into it. I think Montaigne really I think her song was really good last year and I think she suffered from not being able to go to the competition in Europe. Oh, uh, yes, so of course. They arranged specially so she could do a live um, record from Australia, but I think it suffered from not being able to be in the room and you get yeah. the, 
the lift from the audience. So Sheldon Riley is our entrant this year. Cool. Um, let's let's find a bit out. Oh, he's he was born Sheldon Hernandez. In 1999, the year I graduated high school, I always find it so amusing. There's lots of there's lots of times recently that there's actors and singers and things that are born the year, the year I finished high school. It makes me feel very old. Oh, fantastic! Oh well, that should oh, be. Oh, well, good. good luck. Good. We're we're behind you, Sheldon. So, Amy. Yes. What are we watching next? Okay, so I did something a little bit different this time because I was a bit like, I wonder. Um, I just didn't know what to pick. Mm-hmm. So on TikTok, there was a trend a couple of weeks ago of the like, uh, who who should I marry? Choose who you'd marry. And oh, there was yes. the two faces and you had to kind of tilt your head towards one or the other um, or kind of thing. And so I did that. So let me show you, Kate, now. So my my idea was I'll do this with my eyes shut. So I did it with my eyes closed. So it wasn't like oh, I like them, oh, I prefer them and picked. I just did a random selection to choose to an choose actor. an actor. Ah. And then from there I would pick um, a, movie. a movie. Okay. In the drafts for us. So I will post it. We're watching it now to see and she will announce who's the actor or actress star of our next movie. And I think she's going to be pretty happy. <gasps> Keanu. It's a Keanu. Keanu Reeves. Oh, oh. So I know. Well, that there's a lot of options there. Keanu. Okay. There's a lot of options there. There is. Now, I know our first thought, what our first thought would be. Yeah. But. But. There are We've done options. a lot of comedies. True. We have done a lot of comedies in the last few weeks. We have. So I thought, oh, I don't really want to do Bill and Ted because let's I, I, I want to do Bill and Ted. Let's face it, I want to, mm. but I feel like we need to switch it up a little bit. Okay. So we're going to do Speed. <gasps> Speed. Speed, which I'd completely forgotten about. So I got on Keanu's IMDb. Yep. And I was having a look through and I was like, oh, the Matrix. I, I, I've got too much brain frog at the moment. To, <laughs> to I've never seen the Matrix. So I've never I've seen never, the Matrix. We've done this before on this podcast where you've been surprised that I've never seen the Matrix. But I've never seen you the Matrix. you to since then. Anyway, not the point. But I just don't think my brain would compute. That's okay. And be able to tell. Like, and I've got to, I've got to drive it next week. So True. And I just, I was like, oh, I don't think I can do that. And then I was scrolling along and I saw Speed and I was like, oh, you know what? I always loved that movie. Mm. Mm. So I'm going to pick Speed. Yes. I was secretly hoping that Leo would come up and I would have yeah, to. I know. I'm, that's <laughs> what I was be, expecting was to happen. It was going to be my loophole. <laughs> I was expecting you to basically be like, oh, no, the universe told me. TikTok said that we had to do a Leo movie. No, obviously I'm thrilled because I love Keanu and there are like 10 movies that could have been that I would have been thrilled. Yeah. For a second there I thought she's going to let me do John Wick, but no, that's not. Oh, no, I didn't could even have think of that. Always be my maybe. Yeah. He's not, he doesn't star enough in that for me. That was my kind of rule to myself. He, he had to, to be, be the star. The star. Okay, no, Keanu is in a featured role in Always Be My Maybe, which is it's very good. Very but also good. a comedy. So it also oh, yeah, good point. was 
not on my radar. No fair. They were my rules. Not a comedy. Would have been really hard if it was just a comedic actor that came came yeah, up. Yeah, true. You would um, like if it was Jonah Hill, you would have had to have picked a comedy. Yeah. I was going to say I could have done Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, no, you could have done Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> but that's also a bit too funny. But anyway. Oh, no, that's great. Yes. I mean, you had so many great Keanu movies you could could have chosen. Mm. And I think this is a really it's good a really good choice. one. And we get a bit of Sandy Bullock. Sandy Bullock. Nice. Yes. Love it. Yep. Oh, really looking forward to it. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, guys. We'll and see you in a few weeks. Yeah. Enjoy Eurovision. Don't forget to vote mm-hmm. if you're Australian. And we will see you in two weeks with speed. Yep. Bye. Bye. You can find us at youwatchedwhat.net, on Instagram as youwatchedwhat, on TikTok as youwatchedwhat, or anywhere you can get podcasts, including Spotify.